for Pacifica Radio, October 9th, 2022. I'm Scott Horton. This is Anti-War Radio. All right, y'all, welcome to the show. It is Anti-War Radio. I'm your host, Scott Horton. I'm the editorial director of Antiwar.com and editor of the new book, Hotter Than the Sun, Time to Abolish Nuclear Weapons. You can find my full interview archive, more than 5,700 of them now, going back to 2003 at scotthorton.org and at youtube.com slash scotthortonshow. All right, you guys, on the line, I've got Hassan El-Tayeb from the Friends Committee on National Legislation. That's fcnl.org. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing, Hassan? I'm well, Scott. Thanks. Man, I've read this great book about the origins of World War II, and it had so many things about the Friends Committee and all the heroic work that they did to feed starving people on the other side of the horrible blockades and the war and all of these things. And it wasn't really in-depth, but it was just a bunch of different anecdotes. It was like, man, those Quakers got courage. And I guess you're not a Quaker, but you're working with them, and it sure is a... Uh, one hell of an organization to be proud to be associated with, I would say. So yeah. anyway, um, I, I appreciate that. I, I feel really lucky uh, to to be, you know, uh, working for this org and, you know, as part of that legacy. Yeah, man, it's great. All right. So here's the deal. I just talked with Nasser Arabi, my reporter friend in Sanaa, uh, half an hour ago. And so what he's saying was he's still optimistic, even though the ceasefires failed that he thinks that there's still going to be peace because Saudi and UAE, they want out now. And I think he said they're taking at least some recognition of the fact that there's a debate in the Congress, which is what we're going to be talking about today here. But he said, you know, he talked about the Houthis' demands about lifting the blockade. And in fact, here I have the list. Yeah, salaries for the public employees that they're way overdue. Opening up the airport all the way, the seaports, the roads and around ties and all that and shipping and this and that. So in other words, just lifting the restrictions of war, right? They're not asking for a giant welfare payment or a light water reactor, or any kind of hyperbolic demands. They're just saying, hey, let's really get to, uh, you know, they, they think they have a strong hand to play and maybe they do in order to insist on normalization along these lines, further normalization along these lines here. So um, I don't know. He didn't think it was a deal breaker. The fact that the ceasefire is over now, he thinks it'll be back on soon enough and this and that. So the point of having you here on the show again today is so that we can help to educate the people so that as many of us as possible can do everything that we can to intervene on this question. And I got to tell you, feels weird, Hassan, for 20 years of this to actually have something that we can do about it other than radio shows. So uh, yeah. please tell me about House Resolution 87 and Senate Resolution 56 and why this audience is uh, desperately dying to hear what's so important about them. Yeah, well, thank you again for continuing to raise this issue up. Uh, it, it is sad news that the UN brokered truce between Yemen's warring parties expired on Sunday 
But Congress still has tools to get this back on track. And I, I really think now more than ever, it's vital to support things like the Yemen War Powers Resolution. And by making clear that the U.S. won't provide military support for more Saudi airstrikes on Yemen, Congress will keep the pressure on the warring parties to renew the truce and lift the blockade as a humanitarian act. And uh, we've got some great momentum on those two resolutions uh, you mentioned. The House bill has 117 sponsors and the Senate bill has 11 sponsors. But I think with this news uh, about OPEC slashing oil production, you're seeing a ton more people speak out against, uh, you know, what Saudi Arabia is doing um, and really, you know, cutting off, uh, you know, oil at a really critical time right before these midterms. I mean, you, you know, it shows the, the efficacy of fist bump diplomacy. Uh, but back on Yemen, you know, from my sources on the ground, it seems like there is a feeling by many that uh, one, the request to lift the blockade, open up the airport, pay salaries seem fair. And, uh, you know, there's also a general feeling that the extension of the truce is still under consideration despite the expiration on Sunday. You know, that was the truce began April of this year. Uh, we've seen a relative calm. Uh, you know, we haven't seen airstrikes from the Saudi-led coalition. We haven't seen cross-border drone attacks. We have seen uh, an easing of port restrictions. We've seen, you know, over a million metric tons of fuel enter the port of Hodeida. We've seen about 50-plus flights to uh, to Jordan. But still, imagine 50 flights for six months for a population, uh, you know, like of 30 million people. It's just uh, that's that's just not going to do it. And th there's also something that's not in the press enough is that medicine and medical supplies still really are restricted heavily through the port of Hodeida. So the humanitarian still suffering with the the uh, you know fuel price increases, so you do have more fuel getting to the country. About forty percent of Yemen's fuel needs right now, but with the uh, price inflations because of the Russia-Ukraine war, you're seeing you know the humanitarian situation still escalate because fuel is too expensive, and you know without fuel you can't power hospitals, you can't deliver food. Not to mention the you know impacts on grain prices. So. We still have a massive humanitarian crisis with millions of people depending on humanitarian aid and food assistance for survival. So like you said, it's more important than ever, I think, to keep the pressure on uh, the Saudi-led coalition. We have a ton of momentum right now. Uh, I've seen statements from people like Malinowski and Blumenthal and others who aren't on the Yemen War Powers Resolution but are now calling for an end to military. Uh, the military support for Saudi Arabia. And so I think this is a perfect time to re-up our request for members of Congress uh, to join that bill. And hopefully, I'm crossing my fingers and toes that we push for a vote uh, you know, in the coming weeks. And possibly, I, I, I could see a good chance of this getting on the floor of, the, of Congress after the midterms. Man, what do you think about somehow getting one of these people to have a hearing held Get y'all on C-SPAN, have a few experts up there, maybe get that guy Michael Horton from the Jamestown Foundation to talk about how the war is helping Al-Qaeda and then get somebody from, you know, the aid groups, Doctors Without Borders, whoever, to talk about the cholera epidemics and the 
humanitarian starvation and the crisis, and then you or whoever to talk about the diplomacy and the possibilities for this, that, whatever. Do we have any allies powerful enough to make that happen? I mean, I think that's a great idea. You know, we need more people talking about this situation, be it in Congress, on the floor, making statements, hearings, briefings, C-SPAN. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen you talk about this on Fox News, so I appreciate that as well. And, and I think it's going to take all of us to really end this conflict. Yeah, I mean, it's election season, too. So some of these people are going to be doing town halls. Yeah. And it's such a basic deal. We're like, look, man. You know, it was that terrible drone war against Al-Qaeda. Everybody hated that, man. It didn't work. It only made them more powerful. But this is the war for them. We switched sides. This war is treason. And that's just the fact, Jack. You can look it up on the internet. CNN covered it during Obama times. They weren't attacking Trump with it. They were reluctantly admitting that, hey, our allies are giving our weapons to the guys that helped to coordinate the September 11th attack. We call them the yeah. Giants Brigade now. Speaking of people raising this up, I think it's worth noting that 40 members of Congress in the House sent a letter to the Biden administration on Friday, and there was some press coverage this week, urging that they press Saudi Arabia and its allies to lift the blockade on Yemen. And I, I think this is really a, you know, a helpful letter that we should try to amplify. They said things like the blockade should be lifted as a humanitarian act and decoupled from the larger conflict. They also said, we urge you to make clear to the Saudi-led coalition that bicameral war powers resolutions have been introduced and that Congress will not hesitate to act in support of the administration policy of ending uh, support for offensive military operations uh -huh. by prohibiting U.S. participation in the war. There's your magic so, words right there, right? Is See, all we're doing is helping Joe Biden do what he wants to do, Democrats. Yep. Every Democrat House member and every Democrat senator needs to hear that. Biden mm -hmm. needs your help to make this stick. He's yeah, got to deal with Mitch McConnell. He mm -hmm. needs you to have his back. Um, so I got two more points. One, completely agree about debates, town halls, getting in there and getting your questions heard about Yemen are fantastic. I just wrote up a, a series of questions for the FCNL advocacy teams. A big shout out to all the Quaker lobbyists and actually everybody that's been lobbying on this around the country. Um, we, you know, we've seen hundreds and hundreds of lobby visits by the uh, Quaker FCNL advocacy team. So huge shout out to them. And they're going to be going to town halls all over the country asking their lawmakers who are seeking re-election or potentially people that are seeking election for the first time, uh, what do you, what's your stance on Yemen and unauthorized military participation, including spare parts, maintenance, logistics, intel sharing, and weapon sales uh, to the Saudi-led coalition as they bomb and starve Yemen? So I think that's fantastic. One other thing is I just read this in Politico yesterday. Uh, this was from a Biden administration official responding uh, to the fact that OPEC on Wednesday agreed to impose deep output cuts on you know, oil prices, and we're going to see oil prices increase. They said that while the White House is willing to be aggressive on Saudi, it's going to look to Congress to take the lead. Uh, we, and we, uh, quote, uh, we will assess what other measures make sense on the breadth of our relationship. We want to see what Congress can pass and we'll go from there. Well, guess what? 
we've got a bill. We've got resolutions in the House and Senate right now. The, the House bill has 117 co-sponsors. I mean, you've almost got as many co-sponsors as you need to pass this bill. Um, and we've got, you know, a bunch of prominent senators on on, on the Senate side hoping to, uh, you know, just a little nudge to uh, Senator Mike Lee, our, our good buddy who actually really cares about constitutional war powers. We need him on this bill as soon as possible. So if you're out there in Utah, uh, please uh, l- let your voice uh, ring out. Um, so. So again, we've got a lot of work to do. It seems like the administration is almost asking for Congress uh, to keep the pressure on. And, I, and I've seen actual resolutions from uh, folks like Rep. Malinowski, Wild, and Kasten. They introduced a bill. It's like probably the shortest bill I've ever seen. Basically, just uh, you know, no security wa- national security waiver or anything. Just asking that the uh, basically just would force the administration to pull all weapons and troops out of Saudi Arabia. So. Uh, and again, uh, Kasten and Malinowski are not on the war powers resolution. So there is a new space that has opened up since the OPEC decision and the Yemen truce expiration. Yeah. You know what? Let me complain about that. Oh, I want to say real quick before I wasn't really evangelizing for Biden like he's that great on it. I was just saying that's a great spin for the Democrats. I don't want someone to take that out of context. Like, geez, I never knew Scott loved Joe Biden so much. I'm saying he's been basically supporting diplomacy here. He and Blinken have been supporting the UN's attempted thing. So give credit where it's due. And that's a great way to spin it to Democrats. But um, anyway, uh, I want to complain a little bit about. Oh, go ahead. I said I knew what you meant. Yeah, I know. I was just worried that someone in the audience was going to be like, geez, Scott, but like, nah, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying what you say to them to make them think right, you know? But now I want to complain about this whole, oh, when we're going to pull everything out of Saudi, which of course, that's exactly what I want. But I have to tell you, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when people go, oh, defund the police. Or they go, or a prosecutor actually indicts a cop for first degree murder for somebody they kill on the job. And it's like, listen, in other words, you're getting nothing. You, you're, you're asking for the moon. Oh, we're going to abolish all security forces and replace them with nothing. I don't know. Um, okay, that's not going anywhere. We're going to charge this cop with first-degree murder when we could have got a manslaughter conviction, right? Now, here, you and I have this very reasonable ask. We're trying to end this war right now. And they're going, oh, we're going to reverse 30 years of policy, which is, again, my wildest dream come true. I wrote a whole book about it's the only thing in the world we should do right now. But I'm just saying in this context, they're not going to do that. So they're sort of throwing a temper tantrum. And then but then we're going to go nowhere when all of that energy could be directed at this thing, which is what we're doing, which is what matters the most which is enough of you're so ungrateful after eight years of war, we're calling quits to this now. And we can get our, by all means, let's close our bases on, you know, on Christmas Day or whatever. I'm just saying let's end this war today. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, you, you know, a very good point. And one, we should never have started military participation in this conflict to begin with. Two, we should never have started it without an affirmative authorization from the U.S. Congress as required by Section Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, which says Congress has the power to declare war. Uh, so absolutely critical points. And, you know, I, I think we have to get people to focus that energy and outrage 
on to something that's going to be very productive, like ending the conflict in Yemen. Again, we need to ratchet up the pressure. Uh, we have leverage, uh, you know, by U.S. Congress has leverage to end, uh, you know, logistics, spare parts, maintenance, prohibit uh, further intel sharing for uh, uh, Saudi-led coalition airstrikes. Uh, the administration has pressure diplomatically and through those weapon sales. You know, we've got pressure through the U.N. And now is the time to really take a bold stand and end participation in this conflict and present uh, prevent any renewed airstrikes by the Saudi-led coalition, not just because oil is more expensive, because it's a humanitarian nightmare where half a million people have already died, 60% of them because of the Saudi blockade. Uh, and it's just unfathomable, um, you know, and we need to get serious. We need to get focused. Uh, it's also, you know, it's it's good. Uh, it's good politics, too, right now before the midterms. I can't you know, I can't imagine if if you're running for reelection and your constituents ask, you know, do you support more Saudi bombings in Yemen? You know, if you answer that wrong, you know, that's going to be really problematic for you at the polls. Yeah. Well, folks. Sad to say, they lied us into war. All of them. World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq War One, Serbia, Afghanistan, Iraq War Two, Libya, Syria, Yemen. All of them. But now you can get the ebook, All the War Lies, by me for free. Just sign up for the email list at the bottom of the page at scotthorton.org or go to scotthorton.org slash subscribe. Get All the War Lies by me for free. And then you'll never have to believe them again. At the Libertarian Institute, we publish books. Real good ones. So far, we've got Will Griggs' No Quarter, Sheldon Richmond's Coming to Palestine, and What Social Animals Owe to Each Other, and four of mine, Fool's Errand, Enough Already, The Great Ron Paul, and my brand new one, Hotter Than the Sun, Time to Abolish Nuclear Weapons. And I'm happy to announce that we've just published our managing editor Keith Knight's first one, the Voluntarist Handbook, an excellent collection of essays by the world's greatest libertarian thinkers and writers, including me. Check them all out at libertarianinstitute.org books. And for a limited time, signed copies of Enough Already and Hotter Than the Sun are available at scotthorton.org books. Hey guys, I had some wasps in my house, so I shot them to death with my trusty Bug Assault 3.0 model with the improved salt reservoir and bar safety. I don't have a deal with them, but the show does earn a kickback every time you get a bug assault or anything else you buy from Amazon.com by way of the link in the right-hand margin on the front page at scotthorton.org. So keep that in mind. And don't worry about the mess. Your wife will clean it up. All right, now look, let's zoom out here a little bit and make sure everybody's on the same page here. We're talking about a war that has not been at the center of coverage, but is Every bit as horrible as Iraq War II or the dirty war in Syria, worse than Libya, way worse, as bad as Afghanistan, 20 years of Afghanistan and eight years of Yemen. And the thing is just an absolute atrocity, okay? And trust, trust me on that. Put my name in uh, YouTube with Yemen and you'll find about it, okay? Um, but so then the point is now, we have a pseudo ceasefire. It expired, but the fighting has not picked back up yet. And we have... Just extraordinarily, world historically, we literally have the war powers resolutions. You know, that was a big deal. They passed this over Richard Nixon's veto with super majorities in 1973. It says, if the president takes us to war after 60 days, 
the Congress can make him stop <laughs> if he doesn't have authorization from them. And it's sort of a blank check to start a war in a way, but at least it also is, in a way, gives them teeth that they can uh, enforce this to stop it. So, uh, but then no one ever introduced one of them throughout the 70s, throughout the 80s, throughout the 90s, throughout the entire Bush years and into Obama. I believe it wasn't until 2018 and then 2019 under Donald Trump that some Democrats got this thing introduced and and some Republicans um, introduced in order to try to stop this war in Yemen. And it's just a testament to the power of grassroots activism. Just, there is no Yemen lobby in this country, everybody. There's no oil power connected to them. They have no friends at the Council on Foreign Relations. This is just regular people out here in the country who just have absolutely had enough of this and have been working together to push this and have been so successful in the scheme of things in getting Congress to care about this and champion this in this way. And then, so now the point is, when have we ever had the chance, everyone, where we can end a war? We can, I, it's not much of a slippery slope. It is a little, but we pass these resolutions. We make it illegal. I mean, Biden could veto it, but he probably won't. I don't think he will. And then it'll be illegal for him to continue the war. And the Saudis will have to end the war. And we haven't had a chance to do that over Iraq War II, over Afghanistan, over Libya and Syria. We couldn't say, Obama, here's a law that says stop backing al-Qaeda in Syria. There was no law for us to support. We have a war powers resolution in Yemen right now. So tell them, Hassan, how they can get involved, get their friends involved, get everybody on the same page, everybody's groups singing from the same book for just the next few weeks here until we get this thing done. So what we need to do is just build up co-sponsors for this Yemen war powers resolution. Uh, we've got, you know, a couple weeks before the midterms. I think, you know, folks need to email and call. We've set up a, a hotline so folks can call their uh, member of Congress, 1-833-STOP-WAR. I'm going to say it again, 1-833-STOP-WAR. It's going to take you through all the prompts, connect you to your rep in your two senators. If you uh, live in Washington, D.C., it'll connect you uh, to your rep. And, uh, you know, and, and you can thank her because she's already on. So I, I think that's going to be a really important thing to do. If you want to go the extra mile, do a lobby visit. You know, go through the, the you know, just go through the form on your representative's website. Uh, try to set up some meetings. Attend a town hall. Go to townhallproject.org. Ask a question about Yemen. Uh, definitely find more information out at uh, fcnl.org. And we've also uh, set up a, a, uh, another website just for this purpose, 1833stopwar.com. So if you if you plug those that information in, it's going to really give you all the tools you need to have a successful interaction with your member of Congress. And I, you know, I think just piling that on right now um, is going to give us the momentum we need to extend this truce for hopefully not just two months at a time like we've been doing, but hopefully six months and longer to finally end the war for good. Yeah. Hey, isn't it the case, Hassan, that if you take all the religious groups and all the progressive and left-wing groups, and if you take all the libertarian and conservative groups supporting this, that you have over 100 important civic groups throughout this country who have signed on to this thing already, right? 
That's absolutely right. You know, not only do we have robust support in Congress, bipartisan support, I should say. This isn't just fun for liberals or conservatives. This is fun for the whole family on Thanksgiving. So, uh, but we've got a ton of support on the grassroots side too, and national orgs from concerned veterans, the Libertarian Institute. Thank you, Scott Horton, uh, to uh, groups uh, like Churches for Middle East Peace, the Presbyterians, the Mennonites. We've got J Street on board. We've got Yemen Relief and Reconstruction Foundation. So you are literally joining a coalition that makes up tens of millions of Americans. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah. And look, this is airing in Los Angeles on Sunday morning. And that means extremely wealthy and powerful Hollywood elites with hangovers listening to us on the radio on their way to the coffee shop. And they're thinking to themselves, man, I need to get involved with this stop the war in Yemen thing with all my millions and millions of dollars. I wonder how I could support what the Friends Committee on National Legislation is doing, things like that. What do you think? I wonder if they well, think uh, that about KPFK. I, I would urge that they drink plenty of water to help with the hangover and make a quick phone call to make sure that uh, Senator uh, Feinstein and Senator Padilla get on this bill. We need their support. They've, you know, they've done good things in the past on blocking weapons to Saudi. They've signed good letters, but we need them to co-sponsor SJ Res 56. So again, one eight three three stop war dot com will give you everything you need to know. Yeah, you know. I don't really know a lot about Hollywood. I'm picturing Krusty the Clown's agent going, you know, there's mileage in this Yemen thing. <laughs> Calling Mark Ruffalo, you know, who are these, you know, left-wing activists in Hollywood? This is a, a huge one. Get yep. your retweets going, man. 833stopwar.com. Is that not the brilliantest idea? Why didn't I think of that? 833stopwar.com. And there's your bullet points on the war. Get your head up to date on what's happening and, and you know, your head around uh, what we're doing here. And then right there's a talking points for you to use on your congressmen and senators and to get your friends and family to show them, hey, look how easy this is for you to do this, too. And this is something that, you know, it's obvious, but usually goes unstated that it's the almost magical power of multiplication tables. If everyone is calling everyone's, you know, telephone trees going through the list of people in their phone who they think might make a call, their friends and family and coworkers, their Facebook friends. Hey, everybody, it only takes a couple of minutes. Get up to date at this website, 833stopwar.com, and then just call that number and let them know. And then that's it, and it's great. And then, But we could turn thousands into tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of calls. If everyone who really cares about this We'll see if they can get six or 10 people to also care about it enough to make a call, to send an email, to do a little something. And I keep saying this, but I really feel this way. If somebody just tells you, son, call your congressman, that, that just rings so hollow. It doesn't mean anything. But if we're all doing it together like we are right now on this thing, it can really be effective. In fact, please tell us some anecdotes about your real experience on Capitol Hill and seeing the effect of the phone calls. Because I got to tell you, I don't really believe that in my heart that democracy works. But you're telling me it sort of kind of does in a circumstance like this. Is that really right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a it's a, a number of things, but the phone calls really do work. And there there's staffers there logging them and, you know, making it, you know, making it known to the member, the chief of staff 
And, you know, especially as they're thinking about what to do, uh, you know, before the midterms and how they want a message, you know, this is a great time to do it because, again, this is such a winning political issue. You've got a majority of Republicans and Democrats that support this, according to very recent polling. Um, So, you know, this is a politically winning issue. Phone calls really matter. Uh, And I've seen, you know, phone calls plus lobbying. (laughs) So I just want to throw that in there. If you can, if you have the bandwidth, again, if you just want to make a quick call, that's great. But if you can, you know, actually schedule a meeting with some friends and allies and, and others in your community, you know, I've seen members just join the bill literally the day after they get some constituent lobbying going and, mm-hmm. and after they've heard from constituents. So uh, what I do in D.C. is is one small part of it. You know, I, I do lobby Congress, but what they really care about is what their constituents think. I can you know, I can only take them so far, but they've got to hear from their own, uh, you know, their people in the district. Yeah. You know what? I've called my congressman a few times about this and I've called Ted Cruz. I don't even bother on John Cornyn, but uh, I tried to call a few times, but you know what? I am going to go ahead and and try to schedule a meeting with my congressman, John Carter. He's a conservative Republican down here, but you know what? I think I tell him the facts of life on this. I got to give him a chance, right? Got to do it. I'm going to do it. So everybody get yourself educated. Go watch some me on YouTube. Go read the bullet points on 833stopwar.com and get involved. Call your congressman, write an email, get your mom and your sister and your coworkers and friends and family to help and and let's do this. I think we can really do this. I'm I um maybe I'm in denial about the impending thermonuclear war and I just want to like oh, I just want to focus on this thing where I, I mean not that I'm really ignoring it but I just here's something that we could be optimistic about. Here's something at 20 years of all this endless killing where we can actually, the people, can intervene and stop it. We have a cudgel to wield beyond our voice. We have a resolution to pass. In other words, a law. I mean, it's not just a resolution. I mean, it would make it illegal to continue this war. So we have to take this opportunity. We have to do everything we can to push it. Well, I uh, crossing fingers and toes that, you know, saner minds prevail on, you know, <laughs> preventing nuclear uh, war. But uh, but yes, we have we have something to do here. We we know it's effective. We know it can put pressure in the right place. We know that there's political will behind it and we just got to act. So I appreciate it. And again, one eight three three stop war is exactly, uh, you know, how to how to make your voice heard. Yep. And by the way, I went ahead and bought 833 Stop War. And so it forwards. That was just easier to say. Uh, but it forwards on to the official site. Um, I just want to make it easier. 833stopwar.com. And then that's the number to call again as well. And that is Hassan El Tayeb. He is from the Friends Committee on National Legislation. That is the great Quaker lobby in the national interest for peace up there on Capitol Hill, doing such great work for us. Thank you so much, Hassan. Appreciate you again. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. All right, y'all. And that has been Anti-War Radio for this morning. Thanks very much for listening. I'm your host, Scott Horton, editorial director of Antiwar.com and editor of the new book, Hotter Than the Sun, Time to Abolish Nuclear Weapons. Find the full interview archive at scotthorton.org. And I am here every Sunday morning from 9 to 9.30 on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A. See you next week.